This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. Today's a special edition of Radiant Reflections. This is a roundtable discussion with Pastor Ryan Bibb of Radiant Life Church, Pastor Josh Harama of Radiant Life Church. But then there are two special guests on this edition, Dave Gilman, pastor of First Christian Reformed Church, and Luke Eicher, pastor of Grace Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Today, these four pastors begin talking about the Holy Spirit, coming from a Wesleyan background, a Reformed background, and then a charismatic background. You're going to learn a lot in this episode of Radiant Reflections. Here's Josh, Ryan, Dave, and Luke. Well, good morning and welcome to Radio Reflections. This is episode 44. My name is Josh Herma. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. How are you doing this morning, Ryan? I'm doing well. Thank you. And today we have... Were you going to say something else? I was going to ask you a question, but never mind. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, move was, on. It, was it a really important question? Not, not at all. <clears throat> okay. Well, then, I, then it's okay if we skip it. We are joined today by uh, two special guests. We have... over here. Well, if you're watching... You can see all right here on my right is Pastor Dave Jolman from First Christian Reformed Church from Hudsonville, Michigan. And to my left is Pastor Luke Eicher of Grace. Do you guys just go by Grace Sturgis now? Or? On paper, we're Grace Christian Fellowship. Okay. But yeah. everybody always screws it up, so we're Grace. Okay. There and you then go. we put Sturgis on because we have a vision for church planting. So Rock and roll. Um, so, yeah. We're in the process of leaning towards Grace Coldwater. All right. For example. Very cool. Well, we have uh, Pastor Luke Eicher, who is, if you're from Radiant Life, <clears throat> as I lose my voice already, this is this is not a good sign, uh, but if you're from Radiant Life, Grace is our neighbor church, right? What did you say? Some golf thing. A nine wood and a four said a one wood and a nine iron. I don't know. Ryan might be able that's to hit it off the tee, though. That's right. You're good there. Somewhere in that range. I don't know anything about 300 golf. Yards so 300 than, yards away. 300 yards away. Less than 300 yards. Okay. 250. Uh, less than a 200. medieval catapult, Okay, I think. We should we should actually test that one of these days. We should test a medieval catapult, see uh, how far it can launch. If it can launch from here, well, if you got one, I'd love to be a part of that. <clears throat> I think I could. I've got some wood in my barn, I'll, I'll, or my garage. I'll, I'll try to build one. But uh, so we are here at Radiant Life. We are in our series called Holy Spirit, and it just so happens it doesn't just so happen. Uh, but also, uh, Pastor Dave, you just wrapped up not too long ago mm-hmm. a series all about Holy Spirit. Yeah, and. Pastor Luke, you are currently in a series about Holy Spirit as well. I think you started two weeks ago? Yeah, we did. We started November 1st, okay. actually picking up where we left off in March before quarantine. Okay. So uh, just to start things off, I do want to point people, uh, if you guys know where they could go to access those messages, and if, otherwise you could just look up probably their churches. But if you know right off the top of your head... Uh, that way, if people want to do an even deeper dive, in addition to listening to uh, Pastor Ryan talk about uh, Holy Spirit, you can get input from Pastor Luke and Pastor Dave and get a well-rounded perspective. So where could they go, Luke, to uh, access your messages? Sure. Probably the easiest would be to go to our website, gracesturgis.com, and then there's a media tab. Okay. So you'd be able to find it there. Okay. Pastor Dave. Yeah, ours too, if you go to the website, first Hudsonville CRC. Dot org and a media tab, you'll find them okay. right there. Very cool. There you go. So uh, and uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we'll put links uh, to their websites in the uh, description of this video. And I also want to make a short disclaimer here uh, before we dive in that uh, if at any point you hear me refer to somebody as Uncle Dave, 
That, uh, that is because uh, Pastor Dave is also my uncle. So that's Can why. you please call him Pastor Uncle Dave? Pastor Uncle Dave? <laughs> I, I thought uncle? that was what Ryan made you call him, like if he got you pinned. Like a, <laughs> uncle! Like uncle. some kind of submission hold, <laughs> martial arts thing, I don't know. There you go. We go way back, don't we, Josh? That's right. So he's, he's known me my whole life. So yes, I am. I was, I was in your wedding. Yeah, proud yeah. of that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, hey, uh, we're going to dive in here and just have a little bit of uh, really what we would call an uh, interdenominational conversation, uh, getting different takes on Holy Spirit and kind of the, the, the function of Holy Spirit and explore some of these pieces. So I guess to the three of you, you know, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Dave, Pastor Luke, we'll start with a, a, what might be a basic question. Who is Holy Spirit? Can you start with that quote? Oh, the the Elliot one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I so this was uh, in a book that uh, the Radiant Life staff went through, a book called Signs and Wonders by Doctor Stephen Elliot, and he said this. He says, "No one local church or denomination has exclusive rights or inroads with the Holy Spirit," uh, and that's true. So uh, Doctor Elliot is a, he's a professor at a Wesleyan uh, university, so and he's saying, "Hey, we don't have a corner on the market." Nobody has a corner on the market. And so we wanted to uh, broaden our perspective on Holy Spirit by bringing some other uh, lines of thinking to the table. But also, maybe we'll see, man, maybe we're not as far off from each other as we, as we think. So, yeah, but let's, let's jump in with just that first one. Who, who is Holy Spirit? And we can, we can do like a little round robin here or something. If you want, Pastor Dave, sure. if you want to. Yeah. Well, good. I, yeah, I mean, uh, when you ask that question, I just think third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, I mean, you think of it that way, that God is a, a Trinity, which starts to blow your mind if you just even begin to think about that. But I guess the other part I would add to that is, for me, when I think of Spirit, you, know, you look in the, in the Bible, the languages that the Bible is written in, you know, Spirit in the Old Testament has Ruach, that's the word for Spirit. New Testament, Numa, and they're, they're like breath words, and breath is force, and it's power, and it's energy and life. And so I think of the Holy Spirit as the, 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 is the third person of the Trinity, but it's the life, the power of God. Okay, which I, I do want to unpack this real quick. And I, I want to get, you know, both of you, I want you guys to weigh in on this. But <clears throat> you talk about the, uh, the third person of the Trinity. Uh, if, if we have somebody listening or watching, and they're like, what in the world is the Trinity? <laughs> Uh, unpack that, and we have right now in this room we have five people with the with the title pastor, right? And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I have yet to come across a really good illustration of the Trinity. Have you guys come across any any easy ways to depict the Trinity? So, so two part question, which Ryan doesn't like it when I do those, but how would what is the Trinity? And and again, as do you have any good word pictures or illustrations that would, would kind of highlight what that looks like? That's to all, any, any of the three of, of you guys. I have some that I've made up. I mean, I don't know how they would go over podcasts, but like just even basic math, right? If you have one plus one plus one, that equals three. Three, three persons of God, right? But if you take one times one times one, same numbers, one times one times one is one. So we have God who is three and yet one. And so that for me is kind of a mathematical way of thinking about it. Um, I also, you know, I kind of came from a science background. So I think of water 
And I think of, you know, water is, it's water, no matter how you look at it, it's H2O, two hydrogen, one oxygen, that's water. But we know that we have water as ice, water as liquid, and we have water as water vapor, a gas. And so once again, it's all water, it's just in different states. And I think that can maybe help us get a little bit of a sense of that idea of there being God in three persons. That's my starter. Pastor Ryan or Pastor Dave, you want to put anything else out there? Enlighten us. Just tell us. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't prep anybody with this question. This was uh, no, nobody. I don't like non-prepped to. questions. <laughs> That's and right. I, and I like to mess with everybody and, and throw stuff out there that. <laughs> I mean, you hear, yeah, like like Luke said, um, yeah. There's the water analogy. There's the egg analog analogy. The shell, the white, the egg white, and the yolk. Like there's. My issue with the analogy thing is always is like it's still never we're trying to put our human finite minds on something that we just can't we'll never put our minds around the trinity you said it's it's you can't imagine what I, I, you can't and the problem is i think we i don't know you almost become unitarian like well it's one well then are we trinitarian or unitarian i remember sitting in seminary like yeah it's just it even as a pastor i struggled to completely explain it all but but we are trying to explain something there. that's one of a kind so i mean so <laughs> yeah that yeah. we don't have a fully adequate yeah. uh yeah you know way to depict that you know makes sense but so just let's boil boil it back down though to that that first part of that question can like, can it help us i mean to your point that's a good point i mean isn't it human nature we want to put god in a nice neat box so we can understand and get our hands around it, and you just can't. You can't box God up in a nice, neat package. But I, I think for me it's helpful to look through the Scripture and to see the Trinity at work, uh, like at, at creation. We see the Trinity at work at creation. You know, God is there speaking, let there be light, but that also references the Spirit hovering above the waters. And then we look at uh, John 1 or Hebrews 1, and it talks about, uh, through Christ, everything that was made came into being. And so we see reference there that Trinity as at work in creation. Our Jesus' baptism is maybe another very obvious one where Jesus is being baptized, the, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and then we hear God speaking from heaven. I think that's maybe more helpful to just look at scripturally how we see the, you know, the three persons of God working together. Um, and that's maybe more helpful than, you know, looking at analogies or those kinds of things. Pastor Dave, anything you want uh, to add? Well, yeah, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind, you know, it also, and I totally agree, Luke, I think that's right where I would go to. And, you know, the Bible says God is love. And you think, well, love is something that's shared. It's, there's a, you know, between husband and wife or even love between friends. And in God, as he mm -hmm. reveals himself in scripture and these three persons, but there's something about God. There's, and marriage does reflect that, the two-in-one of marriage. But there's this love, fellowship, communion right at the heart of who God is. I think that's a beautiful thing to think about. And so, um, yeah, it, 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 it is there, there's no way to get our mind around it because it's a different category. <laughs> but, um, but it is how God reveals himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and, and it's not that, because you know, I've heard the, the argument, and I don't remember what, era this originates from but the idea that oh well like first it was 
God, you know, the Father, and then it was God the Son, and then it was God the Holy Spirit. It isn't that it's like a succession plan, because Luke, like, like you said, they're, no, they were all present at the same time in their individual mm-hmm. you know, uh, personalities. Yeah, so there are some different uh, heresies that have crept up regarding the Trinity over the years. Um, there's a lot we don't know, but we there's there are some things that we do know <laughs> based on Scripture. So, all right. I gotta, I'll take us a little bit off track. That's kind of how I roll. <clears throat> so we, we've got to talk a little bit about Holy Spirit. What is the role? Well, actually, first, I'm reeling it back in, reeling it back in. I never gave uh, Ryan or Luke a crack at just the basic question of who is Holy Spirit. I said I was going to go around, but then I got totally sidetracked. <laughs> well, we, I mean, I didn't, know, I, didn't know, I didn't know if you wanted to add A lot anything. of it. I would just say it's the presence of God with us, right? I mean... That's the other thing I would add. It's God with us. Good. Luke? I mean, I mean, at the very core, I would say the Holy Spirit is God. Um, what I find interesting, and I just I have a bunch of quotes in front of me because I was looking up quotes uh, in preparation for our series, but one that really caught my attention uh, in regards to this conversation was a George Barna survey. Um, sorry, do I need to hold this up? In which he said nearly 60% of Americans who regularly attend Christian church, so this is Americans, regular church attenders, say there is no such thing as the Holy Spirit. They say that the Holy Spirit is just a symbol of God's power or presence or purity. Mm. And I found that quite shocking. I think we'll probably reference that maybe later in some of the other questions, but um, I mean, that shows that we need to teach and talk more about Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So next, let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, so we've established the Holy Spirit is, is this third person in the Trinity. Holy Spirit is God, right? What is the, the unique role of Holy Spirit in the life of a believer? And again, for those of you that aren't, aren't familiar with some of the church vernacular, when we say believer, we mean uh, somebody who's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They have that relationship. Um, what is the role of Holy Spirit in the life of that person? We'll start with you. You're looking at me. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll, we'll go. We'll it's nice you mix it up. <clears throat> That's I, right. Yeah, I like, good. Thank you. Um, I mean, Jesus says a lot about who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit will do, and I'll maybe leave room for some other guys to throw in here. I, I'm going to stick with Jesus' last words that we see in Acts, uh, where he says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I think uh, a lot of the other words that describe the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in us um, is related to that basic idea that the Holy Spirit, em- oops, the Holy Spirit empowers us. Um, you know, the, the idea being that we're called to live for a different kingdom. You know, we're here on earth, we're still in this earth, um, but Jesus calls us to live for a different kingdom, and we can't really do that on our own. You know, it, it was so important to Jesus that he said, don't leave, don't leave Jerusalem until you get the gift. Um, and so what that tells me is like, don't try to do this on your own um, because we can't. Uh, we can be religious at best, um, but we really need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for the life that he calls us to live and also for the assignment that he has for us um, as believers. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, one thing that just, jumps off the page is Romans eight fifteen through 17 because you stole 
The one that I love probably <laughs> the most. <laughs> but I think this is... You get to go first on the next <laughs> question. Because I love the power part. It, it is. That's what sustains us, right? It's what helps us to get involved in the kingdom work. But Romans eight fifteen through 17 says, The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, reminds us that we are God's. Mm-hmm. We are God's. And I feel like as, as you look at the world and Christians today, we have an identity crisis. Followers of Jesus don't know who they are. And I'm just curious if it doesn't mean because we're not living into the full potential and power of Holy Spirit in our lives. Because if we are, we are constantly reminded how special we are to our creator. So since I don't get to talk about power, I want to talk about the specialty of <laughs> that, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Yeah. Okay. Pastor Dave. Yeah, and I just, you know, Ryan, I thank you for that because here we come from some different backgrounds and you know, in Christianity, different denominations, but you boil it down. And for people who are listening to all the troubles we're going through, all the struggles, I, every day I remind myself, I'm just a child of God. I'm not, first of all, a pastor. I'm not a husband, whatever, uncle. Well, uncle's usually at the top. That's right. Just, That's just right. under that. That's no, right. Child of God. And when, yeah. I, when I think of that, um, you know, that kind of sorts everything out. So thanks for just underscoring that um you know when i think of that too you know like you said luke where it's the power of god in us jesus says i'm i'm going away physically you know when he ascended and then he says but i'm leaving you this comforter Mm -hmm. and and, uh or consular it's translated a lot of different ways because that word is hard to we in english we can't grasp it with one of our words so um i heard one person say a good a good way to think about this comforter who's the holy spirit or counselor is a true friend. And I think of a true friend as one who is with me always. I mean, he, he is in, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And a true friend is one who's going to get in my face once in a while and say, you're messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, Holy Spirit can do that too. He is always with me. What a comfort. I'm a child of God. He tells me that. And he also says, okay, child, uh, you got to grow. And so I like that true friend. I think to me that that's an image I can relate to. No, that's good. And uh, Ryan and Luke, like weigh in a little bit on that because you do you do see sometimes it's translated. You know, he's your comforter, your counselor, uh, the word advocate. Uh, what are some of the practical ways that we see that play out? I'm actually jumping ahead of question. Just calm down. Uh, <laughs> What are some practical ways we, we see that play out? You know, what does it look like in the life of a believer to, to have that true friend? You know, Pastor Dave, you talked about, you know, in a sense, the conviction, the conviction rule. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm wandering from the way that God is calling me to. And Holy Spirit has that, you know, kind of that corrective, like, hey, mm-hmm. come on, cut it out. Like, yeah. get, get back with the program here. Um, yeah, what does it look like in our lives to, to actually have that that comfort or, again, the counsel or the advocate? What, unpack those a little bit. Well, I just think <laughs> in life, we don't like not to have comfort. We don't like to be uncomfortable. 
But you know we're going to be uncomfortable because the comforter has to come. <laughs> and to live into that, there's, there's a sense of, of peace. Um, that, you know, like Scripture says, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And to live into those moments knowing that right now there's an abundance of peace and that's coming from Holy Spirit in my life. That I may, I may want to gravitate towards this. Un, I feel uncomfortable. I don't like it. The fear, anxiety, the worry. But I have peace in the middle of a storm into the outside world to the non-believers that's sitting there going, how, how can you have, why are you so comfortable right now? Why is there peace? You ought to be going crazy. It's like, no, because the comforter is playing out in my life right now. I have this peace that surpasses all understanding in the storm of life. And so that's one way that the Holy Spirit can manifest, if you will, say that word, itself, himself, um, in those moments of a believer. Is not, that peace. <clears throat> but not comfort, not comfort in the sense that uh, your situation or your circumstances will always be comfortable. No, but in the, but in, the middle of, in the middle of the storm, yeah. uh, you can still have that yeah. peace. Yeah. 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 Luke. Um, I'm. I'm trying to think of some of the questions ahead, and yeah, this not, one just. I, I really, guess I'm just going to jump in with what I'm thinking here, and yeah, if go it comes for up it. again, whatever. I, I, there's a phrase I don't even know where I picked it up, um, but it makes a lot of sense to me, and I think is very practical in the life of believers, and it is who you honor, you empower, and I think in one of the most practical senses of empowering the Holy Spirit in our life is we have to honor the Holy Spirit in our life. Uh, we have to honor that God wants to comfort us, give us strength in the difficult situations. God wants to guide us. He wants to give us wisdom. Uh, he wants to help us live righteously. Um, but oftentimes we don't do such a great job of that because we're not honoring the Holy Spirit in our life to bring that about. And so just even the simple act of saying, okay, Holy Spirit, Scripture says, Jesus said, you'll be my guide. I need you to guide me today. And when we begin to honor the Holy Spirit in that role in our life, then we begin to receive uh, the fruit of that in our life. And so that's just been just a simple phrase that has helped me a lot when I think about uh, the role of the Holy Spirit in my life is to just, you know, if I honor the Holy Spirit in that role, then I, I receive the fruit of that in my life. Oh, that's good. So what do you guys what would you guys say is the role of Holy Spirit in the life of an unbeliever? Does Holy Spirit have a role in the life of an unbeliever? What is what does that look like? Tease it out. We'll we'll start with uh, Pastor Ryan on this one. I'm looking up my word. You can't start with me. <laughs> You're looking up your word? I am. I want to say the word correctly. So oh, come but, back to me like, in a moment a, here. Is it a hard word? I just want to make sure I say it correctly. Okay. That's all. <laughs> Stop pressing in and move on, Josh. Is this a Greek alert? I'm really curious <laughs> about this word. Greek uh, alert. Yeah. All right, we'll bounce over to Pastor Dave. Uh, in the life of an unbeliever, what is, does Holy Spirit have anything to do with them? You know, that, that is a really good question. And, and one I had to think through more than some of the other questions you threw out in preparation yeah, for this. Because... Uh, honestly, I had not really thought that through. I, I, it really just had not come to me in my mind before. So I'm maybe stumbling a little bit on that one, but I, I believe that it's the Holy Spirit who does convict us of sin. And so if you are going to come to faith in Christ, it 
And if you're an unbeliever, it is going to be the work of the Holy Spirit that does that. Um, that's how, and you know, we were dead in our sins. That might be some of our differences denominationally here, but um, where I believe I'm dead in my sin, I need someone to breathe life into me and resurrect me. So the Holy Spirit does that. And um, I think he can use a number of things to do that. Maybe you, you know, a person just uh, hits rock bottom or someone speaks into their life. And, but that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That'd be, but, but in an ongoing basis, how does the Holy Spirit work? Maybe he restrains evil some way. Maybe our world would be a lot worse. Hard to imagine. Hard to the Holy imagine. Spirit weren't <laughs> at work. I wonder about that. But I, it's a great question. Maybe these guys have the answer. Because I, <laughs> Ryan's got the secret. Did you find your word yet, Ryan? He's got the magic word. What is He's it? Still like, hit us with it, man. What is it? No, I just I, I wanted to represent our denomination, our tribe. Well, are you talking about prevenient grace? Yeah, see, that's I was oh. just making sure that I didn't stumble over that word. That's all. <laughs> oh wait, gosh, <laughs> no, yeah, prevenient. Pre- see, I was messing it up already. Well, or maybe Say I'm it saying again. it wrong. Say it. Prevenient grace. Prevenient. Prevenient grace. It's just the idea that um, God, that Holy Spirit's already working on that person's heart. So it's it's the idea that, you know, I don't think anyone just wakes up out of bed one day and say, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus today. <laughs> and if that happens, because the Holy Spirit is pursuing you. I think the Holy Spirit's pursuing all of us. We know the Heavenly Father's desire, heart's desire, is everyone to come into relationship. Um, and so, at least in our tribe, we use the word, our theology term is prevenient grace. It's that grace that's already working on the person, already breaking down. And that person may not even be aware, but that's um, the Holy Spirit is in pursuit of that person. All right. Which, well, I mean, and that, that would be a, a, more, a little bit more rooted in, like, Armenianism versus yes, that would maybe be, more yeah. like the, and I don't know, and, and you can speak into this, Uncle Dave, Pastor Dave. There I did. Hey, that was the first time. Dave. How, how long did I make it? How long did I make it before I, before I called you Uncle Dave? 25 minutes before I called you Uncle Dave. I call you Nephew Josh? I don't know why that is. But I, that's, <laughs> I will, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> nephew Josh. You know, I think we Pastor have these, these differences theologically, and, and uh, I think a lot of times we have those if if we're in some classroom, and then when you get into just the our everyday life, we're often um, functioning more alike than we, because you know, what you just said, uh, as a Reformed person, I said, well, yeah, yeah, it's all God's grace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I guess you, know, you look at John 3, you know, where with Nicodemus, and, and Jesus says, you must be born again. Now, in my belief, it'd be that it is the Holy Spirit who, regenerates me, you know, makes me born again. And it's because of that that I then come to faith and respond. Some others may have a little different take on that. Honestly, um, you know, there, we can have differences. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that even with some of those differences that we can debate and d- dis- discuss, we can still say, Brother Ryan, Brother Luke, you know, Brother Josh. And that's a wonderful thing because on the essentials we have, we're so united, mm-hmm. and I, I love that. But major on the major, major and the major. minor on the minors, yeah. right? I, I just like with that word. It's just that uh, it's the grace that 
precedes the human decision. So <clears throat> I'll just give an example where I, where I feel like that Holy Spirit was working on a non-believer. I had a coffee meeting one time here at the local coffee shop, and uh, this person had no idea why they even showed up to our church building. And I was like, I do. But you can't tell. They, they don't know, right? And um, they so they want to meet for coffee, and they just start bawling, like, I don't know, but I know, right? Like, I know I need the this Jesus thing, like that was their words. And they're like, and I was like, does it feel like you're on, uh, on the top of a diving board right now and your feet are on the edge and you're looking down and it's a scary jump, but you know you should go. And they're like, yeah, I don't know why though, but I know I can't do life alone and keep doing what I'm doing. And they didn't have the word, but I would say that's the Holy Spirit nudging and working on your life as an unbeliever before you're making that step of faith. That's where I would say the role of Holy Spirit is in a non-believer. I can't tell the non-believer, like, the non-believer, like, Holy Spirit, what? Like, huh, what is happening? But I'm sitting there smiling because I know the working that God's doing right now in this person's life. And they're sitting back saying, going, Ryan, why are you smiling as they're crying? Because I know, like, mm -hmm. this is awesome to see the work of the Holy Spirit in your life right now. And you, you just don't have words for it yet. Pastor Luke. What was the original question? Well, uh, <laughs> role of the Holy Spirit in the life of an unbeliever. In the life of an unbeliever. I, I think I agree uh, essentially with everything we've talked about. It, probably for me, pragmatically, is it takes the pressure off of me as a Christian. Uh, hmm. Like, I can't save anybody. I, I can't go out and I can put out a good argument or maybe present a good case. Uh, but ultimately... It's the work of the Holy Spirit in somebody, revealing God, uh, bringing that conviction of sin, bringing them to a place of decision where they're either, they're either going to re reject or accept. And <clears throat> I think it helps me to know that I can trust God in the process. And I, I think there's maybe a, a bit of a divine cooperation between believers and the Holy Spirit. I think it's not one. I mean, sometimes we see people who are just sovereignly saved, right? And that's awesome. Uh, but more times than not, it's the partnership of the church with the Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit bringing somebody along, and then you have a believer who comes and they they plant seed, they water the seed. They, you know, they we all have different roles in the process, and eventually, all of a sudden, something blooms into life, and it's like, how did that happen? And it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was working through the believers as they were being faithful and they were being witnesses for Christ, but it was also the work of the Holy Spirit bringing somebody along to a place where the soil of their heart was ready. So. Well, and that'd be, and I don't, I, and if you guys know the scripture reference right off the top, top of your head, you can you can throw it out there. But you know, when Paul is is talking about, well, hey, some of you like Apollos and some of you like Paul and some of you, he says, hey, some of us planted the seed, some of us watered it, but God makes it grow. Yep. So I mean, that, that yeah. kind of gets right. To what you're, yeah, somewhere in Corinthians, there right? is that first Corinthians three. That sounds right, and I was gonna say also, I, I think of that as like gears you know, you got this like you may be preaching the gospel in your church, and you're that's outward call come to faith, you know, and then the Holy Spirit's working in that person, and then those those gears kind of come together and, yeah, and it clicks picture. outward mm -hmm. call and that inward call, and that and that new birth happened, you know, yeah. a person comes alive in Christ, and I think God works that way things that's good yeah that's good. yeah yeah very cool um let's see where we're at all right 
I should check time, make sure we're not doing an hour and a half episode here. Uh, so, I mean, you guys, there, there are a bunch of years of ministry experience in this circle. Uh, in you guys' pastoral, you guys's, that's probably not the right way to say that. In your pastoral experience, how have some of your uh, congregants, church members, misunderstood Holy Spirit? Both who he is and what he does. If at all, maybe they haven't. Maybe maybe your congregants have like our, our church has it down perfect. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but now, what what are some ways that you guys have seen people uh, you know misunderstand Holy Spirit? I, I can bite on that one because you know in our um, often you know, I've had interactions with uh, all through the years in ministry with you know those who are charismatic Pentecostal. Uh, wing of the you know the denomination, or even on the other way on the other side, and then you got where I'm coming from, a re, the reform group, and I think we misunderstand by trying to just understand the Holy Spirit mentally. Mm-hmm. And in in my tribe, we're really good at at defining everything, writing it all out, getting it all cased out. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone said, you know, you know, my dad, your grandpa is a bricklayer. We'd build these fireplaces, and I think of it that way. Sometimes uh, reform folks are good at building the fireplace, and we have it all figured out how this thing ought to work. We don't always know how to make the fire happen, you know, mm. where I'm thankful for wow. Pentecostal charismatic brothers and sisters who they can get the fire going. And <laughs> like, man, you know, in our church, we could use a little more fire. We got all the... The I's dotted, the T's crossed. So a misunderstanding may be too, let me, I'm rambling because I've had really good coffee. <laughs> um, Props to JB. I'm jacked yeah. up on yeah. caffeine right now. But uh, I think the, um, we, we uh, can focus too much on the head knowledge and not the mm. heart. Mm. And that can be a real problem because if it's just you're in your head, you're probably going to be dead, mm. you know. Can, can I jump across the table yeah. on that? Because yeah. I think one of the downsides, I mean, if I even look at my my experience growing up and just different conferences and things I've been into is one of the dangers on the charismatic side is we become charismaniacs. Mm-hmm. And some people don't think the Holy Spirit's doing anything unless it gets weird all up in here, right? And uh, I, <clears throat> I personally, <laughs> I, I, I think that's, I, I don't know. I don't think the Holy Spirit is weird. And yet, some people make the Holy Spirit appear to be very weird. Now, there are certainly things about the Holy Spirit that I don't understand or that could come across weird, and we can get into that with some of the gifts. And, you know, of course, one of the most controversial, speaking in tongues, uh, hard to get our minds around, right? But I don't think the Holy Spirit is weird. I don't think God is weird. Maybe different, um, but I think uh, in charismatic circles, you can get a lot of emotionalism that gets wrapped into it. And I think actually some people uh, get a little, if I can use the word fleshy, fleshy with their uh, administering and, and functioning and some of the gifts and the mm. flow of the Spirit. Mm. So now that being said, I certainly have had times where I've, I've felt like extreme joy and I probably looked really silly. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that's more the exception than, than the norm. I got a Christine Kane's quote is phenomenal. Holy Spirit isn't weird. 
we people are weird <laughs> and sometimes weird people represent holy spirit in weird ways amen <laughs> that end up causing otherwise normal honest and fervent christ followers from being open to the non-weird work holy spirit wants to do in their lives and i would say for us like that's where it is is like I almost feel like for maybe a lot in our track, we, we've seen the charismaniacs and it kind of like, hey, I, I like this Trinity thing, but like, hey, Holy Spirit, just control yourself. Like, don't get weird. <laughs> don't do anything that we can't explain, you know, type thing. And, and I think then on the other side, because I feel like I love sitting in between you two, because I feel like that's where we're at, like the charismaniacs, but at the same time, like we can't, we probably don't, can't even wrap our mind around and tried, we don't even have comprehension up here who Holy Spirit is because we've seen the charismaniacs and we were like, okay, let's stay away. We don't even want to learn, you know, so, so we don't so even Pastor want to Dave learn. Was saying, hey, like we we're really yeah. good at the, the yep. knowing. You're saying, hey, we're really good at the, like the, the expressions. Yeah. You're saying we've seen the expressions. So we don't even want, we don't to, want know. to know. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's the there. packaging, right? Isn't it that is. what most people yeah. reject about the Holy Spirit is yeah. not who the Holy Spirit is. It's the packaging. Absolutely. And, and I agree. I mean, even in our church, it's like, okay, guys, like we don't have to be weird to, <laughs> to receive all that the Holy Spirit has right. for us. I mean, we have been through this with a lot of people new to our church, new Christians, and everything's going great. And then we, you have that one conversation. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. And you immediately see people start to squirm. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, no, you're going to make me speak in tongues. Uh-huh. You're going to make me do weird things. And the honest truth is I don't make you do anything. And <laughs> I don't think the Holy Spirit necessarily makes us do anything either. I feel like it's a willing partnership uh, of us receiving and embracing the Holy Spirit in our life. It's funny because it's it is as soon as you uh, you feel like as a as a pastor as soon as you bring up the word Holy Spirit you have people that are like tightening up like okay when's the weird gonna happen yeah. you know <laughs> like it's like no 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 like Holy Spirit's gentle like we have to understand that um, there's a gentleness to Holy Spirit as well and there's order to Holy Spirit God is a God of mm-hmm. order why would He bring chaos um, that is not who our heavenly Father is and so. Yeah, there is definitely just in the church world some misunderstanding, and I think we as pastor we're just trying to come back to get a biblical foundation of just like let's go back to scripture. Yes, humanity may have skewed here and there, but let's go back to the biblical foundation of who is this third person in the Trinity, because that's the one that lives in us. Yeah, so how do we tap into that? Yeah, and, and just maybe one final counterpoint on that. I don't know if it's counterpoint. Uh, another angle is. There is mystery of the Holy Spirit as well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're not going to fully understand the Holy Spirit, and we're not going to fully understand, I mean, even the expression of the Holy Spirit. And so, I mean, you think about it. God the Father, okay, I got that. I can picture that. God the Son, okay, great. I can get my hands around that. God the breath, like, yeah. I, it just it immediately <laughs> yeah. is like, okay, what in the world does that mean? And, you know, sometimes you think about wind, and, you know, wind's unseen, but it's there, it's unpredictable at times, but yet it's powerful and refreshing, and there's mystery about the Spirit, and uh, I mean, it was in my video this last Sunday, it, it's good that there's mystery about the Spirit, because if, if we ever come to the place where we fully think we understand something, okay, that's it, put it in <laughs> yeah. a nice box, let's worship the method or the box or the thing, and we forget to lean into and trust and rely on God. 
And if our God is able to be fully understood by human beings, he wouldn't be much of a God. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, if, exactly. If, he wants if, to worship right. what you can can't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, lots so, of people do actually. So, so yeah. talk a little bit about some of the, uh, the ways church members might misunderstand, but do you think in general, big C church, like church across the nation, church across the globe, do you guys think that church gives adequate attention to Holy Spirit? Now, in some cases, maybe we we'll say, oh, maybe they give too much, and that's why people are people are hyper, you know, this way, or they're hypo, you know, this way, like, because we either talk way too much about it or not enough. I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Do we Do we give enough attention to Holy Spirit? We'll start with Pastor Dave on this one. Well, you know, I th- as you asked that, I think of um, I don't know where I heard this in seminary or something. It's just in the back of my head where someone referred to the Holy Spirit, or as you say, Holy Spirit, which I like, and in, 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 the, in the Bible, it often doesn't say the Holy Spirit, it just says Holy Spirit, but um, as the shy member of the Trinity, and it seems like, as you said, Luke, the Spirit, how do you define that? Just by, by its nature, there's some haziness to that, What? and um, and I know the Holy Spirit is, is often described, as John 16, he's the one who points us to Christ. I mean, there's that illustration of you have a floodlight on the front of your church building. Maybe you do. You have this floodlight down in the in the landscaping and it illuminates the wall. And you so you see that wall. You don't see you don't focus on the floodlight. You it's what it's illuminating. And the Holy Spirit does that. Um, so I think maybe we we um, don't speak so much about the Holy Spirit because well, some might say we're more binitarian, you know. Not, you said unitarian. Maybe we focus on the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that's just because of the nature of who the Holy Spirit is. I think he's always, look at Christ, go to Christ. Sure. And the, in Scripture, the Spirit and Christ are like, as we've said, <laughs> they're interchangeable. A lot of times they're just, it's, they're two distinct persons, obviously, but there's this... Um, obvious connection there so i i don't know that i've answered your question other than to say the nature of the holy spirit is one that maybe he's calling us to focus on jesus and that's kind of how that that plays out but i like your answer (laughs) (laughs) thank you it's a good job thank you uh yeah i mean in general i mean i remember taking a worship class in there and we had to come up with songs and then the assessment was have you even mentioned anywhere or see the trinity and then like you look back and you're like no everything was focused on god or jesus and not once in our service did we even acknowledge a third of the trinity uh so that was a fun activity and assignment that we had to do but um yeah, I mean, I do think Holy Spirit definitely points us to Jesus. I mean, the Holy Spirit's someone can gently convicting, right? Um, for us to, we, we are called to live like Jesus. And um, But in general, I mean, maybe we haven't focused enough be, because of the polarization. Maybe perhaps we do see. But I don't know. I feel like here are three pastors from different denominations that, doing a whole series on <laughs> this thing. So. Well, okay, so let, let's get really practical, though. Mm-hmm. Like, before this fall, when was the last time 
any of the three churches represented in the circle did something specifically about Holy Spirit. Not that that's necessarily like the you know uh, sure. measure, but I, I, I'm and I, not to like pick on anybody here, but I mean because I mean Ryan, I know I've I've been here the whole time. You are. You have been right. We have. I've been here almost the, five and a half years now. And this, this is the first time. First time we've done anything. A series dedicated. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the understanding. And even even our language of the last you know couple of years has definitely shifted because prior to that, you know, even the language we probably would have been a, like binitarian or you know I mean just yeah. in the in our you know mm-hmm. practically speaking, yeah. you know from the platform and and anything that we would you know put out it would be uh, yeah lopsided. Yeah, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes our music, you mentioned music, and when I looked at some of the songs we sing, and actually there's more references to the spirit than yeah, you know. I mean, the dwell in me, O blessed spirit. That's the old hymn, you know. But there are a lot of songs that really do speak in in our uh, heritage about the Holy Spirit. And I think I mentioned to you we have the summary of the of the faith. Uh, it's called the Heidelberg Catechism, and and um, and it mentions the Holy Spirit a ton. John Calvin was actually referred to as the theologian of the Holy Spirit. People say, "What? Well, yeah, actually, <laughs> we talk about the Holy Spirit a lot." Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of interesting. It's there, but I think in our circles we do tend to ignore it. I think at root because we're wary, and you know the Reformation began as a. They saw some of these abuses, people seeing the miraculous from relics and all this kind of stuff. And, hey, you got to stick to the word, you know, uh, which is good. But we've, we've uh, I think, ignored. Hmm. It's there, but we've, we just kind of brush over it. Which, and I, and, you know, right, so this, this roundtable is interesting to me uh, for one reason is, it's kind of a cross section of my entire life. I spent the first uh, almost <laughs> third, of, third of my life uh, in the Christian Reformed Church, and probably ninety nine percent of my family relatives are all in that mm-hmm. tradition. Uh, from there, I went into the Assemblies of God, which is a much more uh, charismatic uh, denomination, and from there, I, I, I joined the Wesleyan tribe. So I, I've, this is interesting. You this finally is, arrived. Oh, you, no, no. This is you, it's you, just, you made it to the big just, leagues. You made it to the bigs. Yep. But no, so so I, I say all of that to set this up in that I, I, I'm probably not the best one to represent uh, the, the Wesleyan theology because it's, it's colored. But, I mean, sure. so Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, but historically, right, you know, the Wesleyan theology would say, oh, like, yeah, like Holy Spirit, he's cool. But let's just keep. I mean, it's very similar to what you're saying, Pastor Dave. Yeah. You know about like, like yeah, I don't know yeah. how we got there as far He's as our there, tribe. but but let's be let's be real careful. Yeah. Because uh, John Wesley would go around and literally miracles would happen mm-hmm. in his revival, like Holy Spirit showed up in big ways, and it's like okay, well, if that's kind of the methods that we take from him, like how did we get to where we are today, where we're almost scared at times. To talk about Holy Spirit, I th- I think practically, uh, the Holy Spirit makes us uncomfortable. If I can just be real, right? Like, I get uncomfortable when I really lean into a life led by the Holy Spirit. It confronts my flesh. Uh, it confronts my comfort zones. I mean, to 
like, you know, for example, Paul says, eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. Like, how uncomfortable is that, right? Mm-hmm. To, like, to believe God to speak something to me for another person. And I honestly, I don't love doing that. But then I, I know, like, if I start praying for somebody with that in mind, I will. I'll get a picture or something. I think that's weird. I'll share it with them, and they'll <laughs> break down crying, right? What is that? That's the spirit. Mm working in that situation. But man, it, I really had to go through a lot of uncomfortable, you know, discomfort to get there. And I think that's part of our struggle with the Holy Spirit is we have to press through uh, some of the uncomfortable aspects of it. I, I find it interesting. I feel like there is a resurgence of the Spirit. I mean, I referenced that Barna survey earlier mm-hmm. um, where he's, I mean, I don't know who they interview, but 60% people say there's not even a Holy Spirit. That's shocking to me. I mean, with the tradition I've grown up in. Um, but yet at the same time, um, I found this interesting. Pope Francis, is that the current Pope? Yes. That's the current Pope, right? Mm-hmm. He says this, let yourselves be led by the Holy Spirit with freedom, and please do not cage the Holy Spirit. And even going through Alpha, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the Alpha videos, Mm -hmm. but a a high emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in those. And even a lot of interviews with Catholic, uh, the Father Rainiero, I can't remember, Canta La Mesa. uh, Just I'm seeing, you know, in the Catholic Church, a rise and embrace of the Holy Spirit. I I think that that's something God's doing in this time. And honestly, it makes sense uh, if we need the power of the Spirit to be Christ's witnesses, uh, then, then we need the active work of the Holy Spirit if we're going to win the lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just I, be, I feel like God's kind of bringing us back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like even we had a leadership meeting last night, and you know the basic question was, what do you feel like God's doing in this time, right? Because when I just look in the natural, I was like, all I see is a big dark gray cloud for 2020 and the projected future. It's like, I don't know. But then when we start listening in, it's like, okay, what is God doing? A lot of what we're feeling in our church is a call back towards evangelism and discipleship. I mean, God's kind of stripped away all the fluff, the fun programs, all that kind of stuff. And like, what about evangelism and discipleship? And who's Who's hard at work in evangelism and discipleship? I believe it's the work of the Spirit in us. And so yeah. well, I mean, kind of my and, take there. And that gets back to, and I think it's the, the scripture you used right at the beginning. Like, hey, you're going to receive power and you'll be one of my witnesses. So mm-hmm. that's that. It's that uh, we need that if we're going yeah. to live. I mean, let me just, I love these quotes. And I've been using them in my service. So don't think I'm like, I came up with all these great quotes for this podcast. Oh, which I didn't. Okay. <laughs> We'd be um, okay even if you had done D, that. D.L. Like, Moody. I don't know what, what background is D.L. Moody. Is he, he, he's got the Moody Bible Institute there. It's more Arminian background if we're is talking maybe? in those categories, okay. I think. I mean, but he says, you might as well try to see without eyes, hear without ears, or breathe without lungs as to try to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And my message to my church is we can't, live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not, it was never meant to be that way. I mean, Jesus said, wait until you receive the Spirit. And to me, I feel like there's an absolute necessity in it, and yet it's an un- uncomfortable experience for many of us in many ways. And so we have to be able to press through that to really receive that gift. That's a good quote. That's good. You can have all of them. If you want. Oh, thanks. <laughs> No, that was good. Which, Google too. Which is it? Would no? Which is actually really cool. So I was I was watching your your message from this past Sunday, Luke, 
And uh, we had uh, here at Reading Life, we had our regional superintendent. He came down to kick off the, the Holy Spirit series. And, and you guys, and I didn't catch who you cited, but he had a quote, and I think it was by John Bevere, right about how, like, the church without, uh, without the Holy Spirit will either become a social club uh-huh. or a religious institution. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think we see that playing out in, in churches. I mean, the fact that we have 69%, did you say? 60, yeah. 60% don't even think yeah. there's a Holy Spirit. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a, uh, that's a, that seems like a gross failure on, on, on Big C Church's part to, to really uh, bring to the table everything that God has for followers of Jesus. Well, it's like the first part of that whole quote John Revere brings. Without the Holy, quote, without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is dry, monotonous, and mundane, end quote. Like, yeah, that's, that's like what I feel like a lot of believers are at, and it's like, come on. There's more. There's more. Let's live into it. Yeah, that that's actually a really good book. I've I've been reading through that book. Yeah, we did as a staff last spring. Yeah, it was pre-COVID. Winter. We were at the old offices. Winter into. We must have bought it about the same time because I think I got it in January or February and started reading through it and was incorporating some of his ideas. Yeah, what I was looking at. And in the interest of, of kind of. Um, balancing that, what you said, this old quote, maybe you've heard this, it comes to my mind too, where if, um, if I think I've got it right, if you have the word alone, you dry up. If you have the spirit al- alone, you'll blow up. If you have the word and, and spirit, you'll grow up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we tend to go to the pendulum swings, you know, but mm-hmm. we need the word. And in our, de- in our, in our heritage, our, in our tribe, the word and the spirit, we almost always put those together, at least as we're talking about it. You know, um, our experience weights more to the word, but I think you need both of those. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Spirit rides the back of scripture, someone has said. You know. Well, and in, and in a sense, it's, it's built in checks and balances. You know, because Luke, earlier you're talking about charismania, right? Okay, well, how do we know what's when we've crossed the line to weird? You know, hey, what checks and balances do we have from, from scripture that, that we can bring to the table? So yeah, absolutely. You need you need uh, both of those. Keeps us grounded, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, this has been a good discussion. Yeah. Looking forward good. to discussion number two. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this episode. Unless, but first, just make sure all consciences are clear. Do you guys have anything else you want? to <laughs> <laughs> No, we're all still <laughs> friends, so yeah. it's good. <laughs> uh, anything else? That was always uh, a side note. I will not be joining episode two. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> No, that was how I think yeah. it was. A, it was an evangelist that came around when I was a teenager, I think, and he would close out. You know, and he would do like these altar call kind of things, and he would always, he would always close out his altar calls like that. Well, hey, like if all consciences are clear, yeah. like if you don't, if you don't need to get your butt up here, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. then then okay, I guess. Anybody? Anybody? No. Okay, we're done. We're done. Um, but no, any last thoughts on this particular conversation before we wrap it up? No, I, I love the I love the unifying of this discussion. I love that it's cross denominational, it's cross generational. I think we need that. It's important. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unity. I mean, you see that in scripture all the time. I mean, well, it unity. talks about unity of the spirit. Yep. Right. right? Yep. So Paul says there's he says the spirit, there's one spirit. One spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not a Christian reform spirit and a Wesleyan spirit and a and a charismatic spirit. Exactly. There's one. And that we can all sit around here. I think for the next episode, 
all four chairs will be occupied. I so that's, so. that's good. <laughs> I good think that's a win right there. Unless you guys get t- sick of me going on rabbit trails and, and you guys chase me off the off the episode. But, uh, well, hey, we'll wrap this up. This has been episode 44 of Radiant Reflections. Thanks for hanging out with us. We would love if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share. Uh, I really want to encourage you. Go check out Grace's message series on Holy Spirit. Go check out First CRC of Hudsonville's series on Holy Spirit. And then you can also listen to Radiant Life's at the radiantlife.church slash media. And then uh, I will link, if you're watching on YouTube, we will link Grace and First CRC's uh, websites in the description of the video. I want to encourage you to go check those out. Thanks for being with us. We will see you again next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.